Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> okay, wait. Who's saying it? Who's saying it? I said it last time, yeah? Okay, so I'll say it. Okay. Welcome to the Dillweed Society Film Podcast. My name is Isabella, and my favorite movie is Exit Through the Gift Shop. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the better, like, is it, like documentary movies that I can remember from the past two decades. I'm a big fan of documentaries. I'm so glad that we watched that young. It has changed so much, though. Like, it's meaning, you know? Like, I think that Banksy is very different in, the, in 2022 than he... Like, he was so oh, subversive yeah. back then, and now he's, like so commodified you know oh my god yeah one of my other favorite documentaries is the price of everything Mm -hmm. which i think goes hand in hand with that but yeah now banksy has like art exhibits i'm like that's that's not right yeah (laughs) he's a he's a seller yeah it happens my name is max and my favorite movie is rocket man i like rocket man yeah like as far as like musical biopics go I'm a fan. I think it's my favorite musical biopic that has come out in the past, like, two decades. Elvis? The Elvis one is actually really good and might <laughs> challenge it, but I think Rocket Man is, is better paced than Elvis. Yeah, I remember loving Rocket Man when it came out. Taron Egerton. He's good. He hasn't been in that much since then. I know. Because he was in the Kingsman series. That's, like, it. And then he was in yeah, Sing and Sing 2. Who was he in Sing? He's the guy. He's the monkey in Sing. Oh, my God. Of course. I can't believe I forgot that. <laughs> My roommate is obsessed with Sing. I think she has she has the rat from Sing right here. The rat? Right. Who voices the rat? Uh, Seth MacFarlane. No. Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> Evil. I'm gonna like get some holy water after saying this name. Seth Mac. Wait, what's wrong with Seth MacFarlane? I, he just created Family Guy. Oh. That's like his thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, why is his hair is like um, a U shape? We can't keep talking about him. He's gonna. He's gonna hear okay, us. I'm sorry. And come I'm sorry. He's gonna. <laughs> like Voldemort. Um, so what are we talking about today, though? What movie are we talking about today? I was trying to make a connection about like rats, about but I rats. couldn't make one. Oh, speaking like, mm-hmm. you know how we're worried about Seth MacFarlane um, coming down when we talk poorly of him. I'm also worried about... (laughs) We're talking about Don't Worry Darling. (laughs) We haven't really... I don't think that we're going to get into the drama, I would say. We're just going to focus mainly on... um, Let me do a little sprinkle. Yeah, because I think the drama gives insight into why this film turned out the way it is. But if you want to know, like, the majority of the drama... I don't know. Maybe look it up. It's really interesting. Uh, yeah. If I mean, if it becomes relevant, we can talk about it. Because I do think that the drama, it colored... There is drama about this movie, as we Im- implied. Yeah. It colored the way that I went into the movie and actually made the movie better because oh. my expectations of it were so low on the ground that, uh, <laughs> that like, it jumped over. It, like, it, like stepped over my expectations. So yeah, I think that that does play an effect, but I think we should try and talk about the movie without talking about the context surrounding it, at least a little bit, because I do think that that really changed how I interpreted the movie or how I viewed the movie. Yeah. Do you want to give a synopsis? Sure. A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that this glamorous community may be hiding disturbing secrets. I think that's accurate. What do you think? That's a good... Yeah, I don't know how else I would describe it, because you don't want to give too much away. Like, going into it, I at least from the trailers, I think the trailers, they repurposed some footage that may, meant something else in the context of the film. And so, going in, I thought it was, like, going to be a lot different. Mm. Um, like, I thought I knew what this movie was because of all the drama and how much I was reading about it. Um, but then... As it turned out, I, like, didn't know a lot of it. I agree. Yeah, Yeah, that was my experience. Florence Pugh is married to Harry Styles in this utopian society. And the leader of the dystopian society is Chris Pine's character. And uh, there's neighbors and stuff. But basically, it's, like, a recreation of, like, the 50s, you know, aesthetic. Is it it a recreation or is it the 50s? This is this is something. Yeah, it yeah, it's hard to t- 
tell. It is a recreation because it's a utopian experimental community. But they don't have cell phones in this in this community. Yeah, in the fifties they didn't have cell phones. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I w- I had trouble figuring out like when it was set when I was watching it like when it when I was watching it, you know, starting out. Yeah, and I I also was thinking like there is one scene like you know the party scene. It's yeah. very much like twenties vibe, and I didn't know whether that was one cluing us to the fact that this isn't actually the 50s Mm. and that was just like a mistake in their part or two maybe in the 50s they just had like 20s parties like how we have like 2000s parties (laughs) i i just i'm not aware but like that was that was something that i noticed because everyone's dressed like like a flapper and they have like that big performing like stage yeah um very 20s and anyway. the, the music is, is very 20s, too. It's like 1920s yeah. jazz, yeah. And the tap dancing, bro, the <laughs> tap dancing in that scene. I was like, he's not, they're trying to make him look good. Like, hairstyles is a fine dancer, Were they right? trying to make him so, look good? And the tap dancing. I don't that, think, Yeah. like, I feel like he should have gotten lessons or something. Because it didn't look that good to me. Did you feel I was like, like, you're just doing a flip. It's very hard to understand whether they intended things to be intentional or not. Like, I don't, I don't know. A, this is like a motif that I was experiencing throughout watching a lot of the movie is like this looks bad and I don't like this do they want me not to like this or to find this cringe or to like think that this is like bad yeah, yeah. and I think like what's difficult about it now is like as a filmmaker you're always gonna use those mistakes to benefit the narrative and like you can kind of redirect it And I think that's a lot of what Olivia Wilde is doing right now and kind of like just doing damage control, um, saying like, oh, that's kind of the point, you know, like I think Olivia Wilde described a lot of the drama that was happening and then related it back to the movie. And I'm like, you like, that's the best thing that you could do in that scenario. And I think that's really a a smart thing to do. But at the same time, like, it's really just not a great movie. And I don't I don't know. Do you think this is like the worst film that we've talked about so far? No, I can't remember. No, I don't think it is. Uh, I think that I think that uh, fresh, fresh fresh is absolutely the worst movie that we saw. Mm-mm, I I I rated that a lot lower than I rated this one. I think this is the worst movie that we've seen. There before. are redeemable aspects of this movie. Sure, sure. Yeah. I just think at the end of the day, I mean, and we'll go into this um, probably in the spoiler section, but like at the end of the day, it just felt very hollow to me. I think. I like um, it less the more I think about it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it and the thing is, it wants you to think about it. And it's I it's it's very hard for me as an audience member to trust that it was that the questions that I have about it have an answer. Yeah, yeah. Without like stretching. Exactly. And we can go through all the individual parts because I I really like want to pick your brain about some of these. Like, why did anyway? Mm-hmm. I would not recommend going and seeing this movie. Just a preliminary. I would say it's. It's worth coming and listening to the podcast before you see it. Um, that's my that's yeah. my post over overview opinion. Yeah, I think like with films like this, like kind of getting a vibe for like what the film is as a whole might honestly make your viewing of it better because going in thinking I knew what it was and then being shocked the entire time, I was like, this just feels wrong. Like it feels weird to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, but I do want to say like, in terms of the good acting, Florence Pugh carries this movie along with Chris Pine. I oh think like them two are so, so good. Like Florence Pugh, obviously, like world class actress. She is always. I literally I rewatched Midsummer last night with my housemates, so it's just reminding me like how great she is um, as an actor. But then Chris Pine, there was that one scene, like his first big monologue. Where, where, oh my god, okay, so it's when one of the neighbors in the neighborhood, like, speaks out against, like, like, she's kind of understanding, as Florence Pugh's character is understanding, that this world is, like, not how it should be, and Chris Pine, as the leader of this community, has to, like, redirect, and she says, why are we here? We shouldn't be here, and Chris Pine says you know, that's a great question. Like, this is a very important question of why are we here? And then he goes into the mission and I'm like, that's exactly what Olivia Wilde is doing. She's redirecting all this like (laughs) actual criticism of the movie into 
her own meaning of the movie and like forcing us down this path of like understanding that's it. so true so i just thought that was interesting yeah very much so and i don't chris pine is like i can't believe we haven't seen him in a villain role before because he plays a villain so well in this the yeah, the previous yeah. things that i've seen him in were um princess diaries 2 and the star trek reboot and uh, um, Wonder and Woman, into the into the woods, and into the woods. Those are all the ones that I can remember with him in it. I but, love his his performance in Into the Woods is my favorite performance, I think, of his. Yeah, you know what? He sh- instead of Armory Hammer, he should have been. Uh, what? The Winklevoss? No, no, not the Winklevoss. The older guy in Call Me by Your Name. He would have been better in that role. No, he would have. He would've. really? I think so. I don't think he looks. I think too old, I think. Oh, maybe. Yeah, he is he is older. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really incredible. Like it he when he started his big monologues, like every time I was so engaged with what he was saying. Yeah. Whereas like literally like every time Harry Styles was not it was like I had like what's that thing babies have with like object permanence? <laughs> Where like every time Harry Styles left the frame. I was like, okay, Harry Styles isn't in this movie. Like, and then he would come back, and I'm like, oh my god, Harry Styles is in this movie. Yeah. I was like, because his acting is just so forgettable, and his character, like, they. I think they edited out a lot of his dialogue because he's not a great actor. But that leaves it like so empty because he's supposed to be this driving force, and he, like, his chemistry with Florence Pugh is supposed to be the thing that keeps this whole system together, and yet. The fact that so much of his stuff had to be edited out, like, leaves me, like, it leaves it so distant. And I just, it's hard for me to, like, really believe in their relationship and their love for each other. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like, he, I don't know, he was a, the character there. This is, like, a little bit of the history of, of the film. The character was originally supposed to be played by uh, Shia, Shia LaBeouf. LaBeouf. Yeah. Right. And I can see the way that, that this character has, like, tragic features of himself. It's, it's almost as though Harry Styles doesn't know whether to play the character as uh, goofy, goofy and, like, fumbling or mm. as aspirational. Like, the character is so uh, malleable from scene to scene, being, like, yeah. forceful or idiotic or yeah. silly. You know, like, it doesn't feel like he has a character. It feels like he's, like, a cardboard cutout that just does whatever he needs to do to move exactly. the plot along. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so true. And I think Shia LaBeouf in this role would have been a lot better, obviously, because I think Shia LaBeouf is actually a genuinely good actor. I know he's hard to work with, but I can't remember the last time I ta- saw a film where an actor was so bad that I just, like, or so inexperienced. I don't want to say, like, bad. It just... His lack of experience, I think, you know, it just, it harms the film so much. Yeah. We both saw this in theaters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were people in your theater laughing during the movie? Yeah. (laughs) I remember, like, certain points, like, me and there there were, like, some girls behind me, and we would both, like, laugh at the same parts. And I remember, like, once the movie ended, like, all, everyone kind of just, because it cuts to the credit, like, cuts the credits, and it's just silent for a minute. Yeah. And a lot of people just, like, <laughs> like, scoffed, like, like, <laughs> like, okay. Like, the girl behind me was just, like, okay. Like, it was so anticlimactic. Yeah. And it was just, like... But I think my theater was also very engaged with the movie. I think particularly in the final scenes, which we won't get to yet, but um, people were, like, like talking to the screen, yeah. which I thought was really fun. I love when people do that. Um, it's a very yeah. talkable movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was not bothered by other people talking in the theater during right. it. Right. I thought it was hilarious. It added so much to the movie. Yeah, because the entire time you're, you're like, <laughs> Florence Pugh will continue giving to you know the society and like giving to Harry Styles' character. And everyone in the theater is like, bitch, like wake the fuck up (laughs) he does not care he does not care Mm -hmm. and uh so i love movies where you can just yeah talk Mm. when will florence Pugh not be put in a movie where her male counterpart is a douchebag i think it's just because i saw midsummer last night yeah no that's what i mean about (laughs) them being kind of similar though is that it's both like her just totally being betrayed by 
the by her partner like both of these movies yeah yeah, yeah. um and by someone who really doesn't care about her well-being um mm-hmm. and and isn't a a good enough person to actually say that mm-hmm. she was in she was in little women right well she gets betrayed by lori too oh true for real what is it about florence Pugh that's like <laughs> a man will harm her <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get to do her big frown in this movie the way that she did in midsummer harry tries to do it he goes our lives our life together our life together okay <laughs> can i say something though can i say something yeah because there's a portion there's parts of this movie in which his accent is very minimized i will just say that i won't say because we're not talking spoilers yet mm. but it was very interesting because i was like did they film that like first I think they had to, like, what do you call that? Like, re- retcon the fact that he was British. Yeah. Because there's several points in the movie where it says nationality British. and But there's certain parts of the movie where he sounds like he's trying to do an American accent. And I think that's really interesting. Because I was like, why in the first place would a British man want to take part in this 1950s American virtual reality? Yeah. I guess. Let's call it here, because we're getting into it. Um, we are going to spoil the big spoiler in the movie, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a big spoiler at the end. Um, so... But it's worth talking about. There's, there's good stuff to talk about. Alright, so if you want to skip the spoilers, go to 45 minutes and 9 seconds. That's up to you. You have been warned. Okay. So, the whole world is a virtual reality game, right? In the real world, yeah. Harry Styles is American. But in the virtual world, he chooses to have a British nationality. I don't think so. I, th- I think I think in the real world, he's also supposed to be British. Because I think there's, they mentioned that at some point. She's like, oh, you British boyfriend. Like, some, like, her, like some, something is said there. I don't think so. I thought that he had, British. he had an American accent in the... In the that's what made me think that that they filmed that first when they intended for him to be american and then he just couldn't get the accent down and so then they were just like okay just do a british accent we'll just like fix it in post and they put the nationality british it said preferred nationality it said like chosen nationality on the form but that's i think that's the retcon retcon yeah i agree because he couldn't hack it for the majority of the movie but for like two scenes why the fuck would he choose to be british anyway like that's so stupid okay i think that that actually does get to like it's like well he doesn't like himself right he has like he has like acne scars on his face and he like has like long hair that is that is unkempt uh and he doesn't take a shower it's hilarious to see how it is hilarious Um, I thought that that was the best part of the movie, honestly. That was the part that I thought was, like, the most interesting, at least. Like, he actually was acting like someone who wasn't himself, who had character traits. Um, and that, I think, made the acting better. But yeah, I think that there's also, like, the reason why he chose to be British, in my mind, was just because of he was, like, didn't, he doesn't want to be himself. He's really unhappy with who he is. And so he wants, he, like, imagines that being a British man is part of, like, his fantasy or whatever. I guess so, it's, yeah. It, it's just, like, really weird. It's not explained. It's not explained. I think you can, like, if you want to stretch that, sure. But I definitely think when Shia LaBeouf was in the role, he would not have chosen to be British. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I think, yeah. Like, you can stretch it to mean that, sure. But I think there's definitely the case that Harry Styles just couldn't get down the accent. <laughs> that's just clear. He says, like, um, five sentences in the inti- yeah. in American. Can we go through sort of, like, the general, like, plot? so Because there are a lot of parts of it that I would like to hit that I thought were sure. ridiculous. So beginning stages are just, like, setting up this world, right? Mm-hmm. So she talks to the neighbors. She goes to the parties. She hosts parties. I think up until the, her neighbor kills herself. Every day, all of their husbands, like they all live in this cul-de-sac or whatever. It's a town in the middle of a desert. Yeah. All of their husbands. Like Burning Man. It's just it's like set Burning up like Man. Burning Man. Yeah. But nineteen fifties like Burning Man. Nineteen fifties Burning Man. Because it's all <laughs> no, like real. it's like a it's it's a suburb without a town. You know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, and th- all of their husbands all go to work at the exact same time to the exact same location. They all drive their, like, 1950s cars there, which were very beautiful. Um, and nobody knows what they do, except all the women, like, get to sit around all day and talk about what they think uh, their husbands do, right? Right? Like, they have lives. Um, they're not supposed to think about it, though. They're too. not supposed to think about it, but they, like, who but, wouldn't, like, you know? How can you not? Yeah. Harry Styles and Florence Pugh, they're married. Harry's, like, an engineer of some sort on the, the, the Victory Project, which, why was it named that? I, I don't know. I thought that the, the term Victory Project would make sense, you know, at the end of, like, why is yeah. it named that? I don't think it is. I think they just needed, some, like, a, a kitschy, like, just easy something that they can put in the... Because the tagline for the film was, Welcome to Victory, and it's like, okay, but what else? It brings this question, like, victory over what? You know, right. Victory over over women, I guess, is is what it is. Like, that's what I got out of that, that scene later on where they're like, whose world is this? Our world! And it's all the men, you know? Yeah. I think that that is, like, that is the only reading of victory that you can get. But it, it's hard for me to imagine that they would explicitly say that, you know? Like, okay, so the the project is created probably by, like, Chris Pine is probably just, like, a guy in his basement who just, like, is kind of an incel. And I think it's, this project appeals to people like him, like, how Harry Styles was, I think. Um, and I think the idea that, like, a virtual reality kind of place could could be more, like, this could exist in, in a type of reality where, like, appealing to men who are, I don't know. Like, it's interesting to me. But then also, I really appreciated Olivia Wilde's character in the movie. Mm. Um, how we learn that she is in the, like, why she is in this project. And I think... That, like, brought a lot of insight into why someone would want to be in this. Right. And I think that's really... I think that's really great. My question is, like, to the men who are a part of this, are their girlfriends part of the reality? Like, how did they get the women? Because, like, I I, just, I was like... The entire time I was like, how does Harry Styles have Florence Pugh? Like... <laughs> How do they, how do they get it? It seems like her you, as her girlfriend. Like they must have started dating prior to her getting that or becoming a doctor and him sitting on his computer listening to Andrew Tate all day. Right, right. But then like I think I think when I'm thinking about their audience for like Victoria's audience in terms of who they advertise this this system to, it's like most of those men I feel like Yeah, not... like did they abduct somebody? Like, right, right. That's where, like, a system like Blade Runner, which I think has flaws as well, but gives more of an insight into how this world could function. You know what I mean? Right, and in having that metaphor explores better the way that, that, that women are objectified in the real world, right? Exactly. Like, Blade exactly. Runner's use of robots as, like, as like uh, sex workers says a lot yeah. about how, like, the real world handles handles that profession in a way that this movie just, like, doesn't explore or can't explore because it's not fully fleshed out. And it leaves us to sort of figure it out on our own. Like, is Bunny married to Nick Kroll? Yeah. 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 Okay, so, like, they're both... And I don't know, in reality, if they're actually married, right? Maybe they were just paired up in the machine mm. or in the real- virtual reality. I, I really we don't really know how it works and I think I think they they want it us to kind of be in the position of Florence Pugh right where where we don't know much about what this is or why but it does leave us like I think because we don't have that connection to Harry Styles as as we are as I think we're supposed to believe Florence Pugh does yeah it just leaves us like very disconnected mm-hmm. from the entire thing. I think trying to get us to see this this system from the viewpoint of a victim of it is great. I love that idea, but how do you get us to believe that if we're not if we don't have that same connection to someone else in like I guess like why are we supposed to believe in this, you know? Yeah. 
is there any perspective to like explain why the people are opt or the stories of these people opting into this world other than the one we know which is harry styles like kidnapping his girlfriend and like tying her up so that she's always in this simulation right uh yeah and that brings up this question of like what happens to um margaret the woman who uh kills herself in the simulation because she realizes somehow like does she does she get out does she die if you die in the simulation you die so she killed it she died right that makes sense her kid was a simulation remember her son gets taken away at the beginning of the movie because she like oh, right, right, takes right. him out takes him out to the desert to try and get out together oh and he disappears because he's a simulation yeah i yeah it's unclear though because it's like harry's like at the end of the movie harry's like no it's okay like there aren't any real kids in the in the yeah. simulation i don't know like it, it's that seems I, like a lie that he tells himself you know I don't know, it, like, it made sense to me, um, because for Olivia Wilde's character, she's like, my kids are here, my kids are, like, f- here in, to me, they're real here, mm. whereas they died in real life, and I think, I, I don't know much about how virtual reality works, but, like, it feels weird to me that there is a headquarters, and if you go towards that headquarters, like, it kept saying, like, hazardous... Like, why would they have that method of leaving, I guess? That like, you have there to, should like, be... I feel like it's just poorly set up. It is know? so poorly set up. Like, why wouldn't you need to enter, like, some passcode or something? Right. Like, why is it not just external? And and also, what what are the men doing there? Like, we still don't know what they're working on. They said weapons, but well, they like, don't, what does that mean? They don't work on anything. They leave the simulation every day to go to their day jobs, right? Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, so, like, he has a day <gasps> job, a 40-hour-a-week day oh. job in the real world that he does to pay for them to live in the simulation. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what clued you in to, to realize Because that? he says, every day I have to go away and work... Uh, and I hate every minute of it, but I do it so that we get to stay here. Oh, I thought... I didn't realize that. Oh my god, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Okay. So he has to strap yeah, himself in every night after work so that they can spend the right. evening together. Right, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. well, because he... It, it, that, like, plays into, I think, this fantasy that the that the simulation gives them, which is it's not about being powerful or about exerting power over their partner. It's about their partner being dependent on them it's about having a woman who's dependent on them right and that's what they want is to provide for their family which means right like that's why he feels like emasculated in his their world is in the real world florence Pugh is a medical doctor and he is yeah. like like a computer programmer or something but he I th- he just sort of like sits on his computer and doesn't do much um and he, like, he could live a very happy life being, like, a house husband, right? Like, right. cleaning up and making the place nice. But he can't right. do that. And so he wants to take away her life and make her dependent on him. He wants to yeah. basically switch roles because he doesn't like being in the dependent state. And he thinks that that's giving her something. Uh, right, yeah. I don't know. It's just so on the nose, that metaphor. Yeah, it just seems like... like it's an interesting start i think if they were to make it work it just feels like it needs so many more rewrites like the idea is there yeah but it's like i don't know it just feels it just feels weak you know yeah it feels like unfinished and i think also like olivia wilde you know she's all about like female empowerment and like sure that's fine but i think at least in her interviews where she was talking about the sexual scenes in this film, like, she was, she's, like, very focused on, like, quote-unquote, the female gaze. But in this movie, this whole system is centered around men. So, like, it doesn't make sense for Harry Styles to be performing those sex acts. Like, it just doesn't make sense, you know what I mean? Like, it just felt like Olivia Wilde wanted to see Harry Styles eat someone out. Like, yeah, it just... It really felt like it did not fit. It didn't fit. And it happens multiple times. Like, if you're going to include a sexual scene in the film, like, you've got to take into account what 
the narrative is, right? And I don't think you needed to have sex scenes in this. I really just feel like Olivia Wilde wanted that because she's dating Harry Styles. Yes. Not to, like... That's something we didn't talk about. They are dating. Yeah, they are dating, and it feels like she just didn't give him enough um, direction as the director, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to read this tweet that I found... uh, because I was, I was looking up what people said about the film. And uh, Olivia Wilde wrote for Variety that she said, Olivia Wilde discusses her approach to focus on female pleasure in, in sex scenes in Don't Worry Darling, Men Don't Come in This Film, she declares, only women here. And then someone quote, quote tweets it and says, I have to bring this back because knowing the context of the film, this genuinely is an insane thing to say. Don't Worry Darling is a film about male pleasure, period. To say that there's any feminist guiding principle in the story is remarkably silly, and to paint sex in the narrative as some sort of liberating act, girl, like, it does not make sense. And I think that's so true. Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. And every time it would happen, because it happens multiple times, I was just like, why? Like, what's the purpose here? Right. It doesn't work. I mean, the only possible reading, I guess, is that he, Harry Styles, his character, gets pleasure from feeling like the other person is like like a Florence Pugh is dependent on him and so like cares about making her life or like providing for her and I guess you could see that as like he cares about you know her pleasure but it's I just think it's so weak. Like you could It make is that super argument, weak. That's like the only I'm like it. really stretching here. <laughs> because really in reality, yeah, so. that type of person would want to be like you know, the center of like everything. Dominant. Right. This whole thing is about him feeling insecure. Right. Him feeling like Right. And yeah. I think yeah, pr- like caring about a woman's like woman's pleasure is usually seen in from men as being insecure. Like as if a person watches Andrew Tate all the time, they're not going to be thinking about that exactly. kind of thing. So, exactly. Yeah, it just does not work. Yeah. Right. Like, he listens to Chris Pine's, like, podcast. That's, like, his thing. Exactly. Yeah, Chris Pine literally has a podcast that everyone listens to and is, like, brainwashed by. I think Chris Pine isn't an incel in this. I think he's, like, a pickup artist. Yeah. You know, but like incels and pickup artists are like the same. They believe the same things about women. It's just one of them thinks that they're never going to like, uh, you know, never going to like be be attracted, a woman be attracted to them. And the other one believes right, that they right, can like right. game the system. Yeah, it just feels like it's so obvious to a point where you you have to end up asking questions. And once you start asking those questions, like it all falls apart. Right. You know, I have a list of other questions yeah. Could I go through some of them? List them. What is the plane? What is the plane? The plane? The plane that oh. crashes in the movie. What is that? What is the plane? Why is it there? That's the what whole the point plane? of the movie. I don't know. That's the, that's the inciting incident of the movie, and there's no reason why that's it's in so the simulation. True. Wait, what is the... So, it was the son's plane. Okay, it, was, it looked like um, Margaret's son's toy plane. I don't know the significance of it, though. Like, and also, I guess because Florence Pugh keeps having visions, so maybe she That's my second plane, question. I can't remember. Did the bus driver see the plane? He didn't, but he also, like, she pointed at it after it had gone behind the thing, after it had gone behind the right. mountain. And right, so maybe it didn't exist. Maybe it never existed, but then that brings me to my, my second question. Yeah. Which is, like, why is she having these hallucinations? Yeah. That's, yeah. And to me, that's like this big question because making her the choice to make her have all of these hallucinations and to doubt her own sanity, I think, has a big effect on the audience and on like our read of the movie living through it. Because it, it brings exactly. into question, like, is, is she just schizophrenic? Like, is the entire movie, the belief that she's in a simulation, is that in her mind? Because that seems very plausible based on based on, like, the fact that she can't... She's totally disconnected from reality, you know? But then it's validated at the end of the movie. I just think that it really undermines the entire the entire film, you know? Yeah, I think, like, she's gone through this cycle a few times where she's realized something's wrong, and then uh, they'd have to, like, remove her memory or, like, restore her. 
I feel like she's maybe gone through that a couple times. So, like, each time she gets more, she, like, remembers more. And, but then it's like, why is Florence Pugh the only one? And it's like, is it saying something about, like, her being more intelligent, like, because she's a doctor? I think that, thinking about that would, like, tear apart the whole feminist aspects of this movie it's like mm. no i think i think most people in this scenario would like sooner or later it's it's so flawed that like sooner or later everyone's gonna find out and it's it's true because they do sort of talk about it with each other the only reason why the the women don't actually like realize that the that the larger the inconsistencies in the world is because bunny's character keeps steering them away from it because she knows that yeah, they're in a simulation. She knows. Uh, and she keeps saying, like, guys, everything is perfect here. The only thing that they ask us not to do is to go out into the, into the like, nuclear zone. At the end, when Gemma Chan's character, like, I don't know who she is in this reality. Like, is she a complete, like, virtual creation? Is she an actual, like, Chris Pine's actual wife in real life? Like, I don't know who she is, but, or, like... And it really feels insignificant when she has that switch at the end and she chooses to, spoiler, stab him. And, like, it's just so shocking. You're like, why did she have that shift? And also, why did did she go along with this for so long? Right, what made her change her mind? Yeah. Because she, she, the previous scene that she's in, she, like, scolds Florence Pugh for uh, saying that they're in a simulation and that Chris Pine is controlling yeah. all of them. What was with all of the things exploding at the end when she walks out? All of the light, like lights outside of their houses exploding? I thought it was like the Matrix, right? Where like suddenly she knows she's in a simulation so she can control it. And everything breaks out. But that's, yeah. not, the, that's not the case. Because that, yeah. like, she doesn't have Matrix powers or anything. So I, yeah, it just wasn't explained. Yeah. We've talked about, like, we've, we've mentioned connections to a few other movies like Blade Runner and Matrix. I think it's very interesting. Like, it feels very much Truman Show meets, uh, like, White Woman's Get Out meets Stepford Wives. White Woman's Get Out is a good description, actually. Yeah, it feels like Olivia Wilde was like, saw Jordan Peele's Get Out and was like, you know, this could happen with, uh, with gender, too. <laughs> like, it's just like, shut the fuck up like, i mean she, no, she's right it's not it, in some sense sure. but like yeah it is very derivative but it's it is very derivative and i think i think there's there's good elements to this yeah but it, they're just not fleshed out at all and i think give it like another year and like recasting it could be sure it could be pretty good you know olivia wilde is is i think a pretty uh great filmmaker i mean good filmmaker i don't know if i'd say great she she did one other movie that i like one really um, good movie yeah, one really good, but uh, also she didn't write that movie. Oh, did she but write also, this? Also, I, I she didn't write this, and and that's why I'm like maybe it's not Olivia Wilde's fault. Like maybe it's like at the same time, like you're you're the director. I don't know if this was written before it was picked up by Olivia Wilde, mm-hmm. or if Olivia Wilde hired someone else to write it. But it just feels very disconnected, and I'm I, there's three writers on this, and I don't know the Van Dyke siblings and Katie Silberman, who Katie Silberman wrote Booksmart, right, and has written a bunch of other movies that uh, Olivia Wilde has done. Yeah, I really don't know, but it just seems very disconnected, and I think it disjointed, and it it feels like everyone in this film had a different idea of what it would be, and just didn't come together. Another um great comparison that <laughs> someone said is White Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> like black mirror but white mirror talking about the like the anachronism of the space the like the 1950s world i think that it's interesting that it was an integrated that this recreation was integrated and i don't know if that i don't know if that fits with like my understanding of incel culture as it is now. right that's something else i was gonna think about yeah if you're gonna frame this world as like 50 you want to return to like the 50s era wouldn't you also th- you know think about how how the people who run it are racist yeah yeah i totally agree with you and i think that it might have been another olivia wilde moment where she's like i want to create like a progressive film a, a progressive feminist right. gaze film a progressive film where we imagine what but it doesn't work the 1950s given the context. were like yeah because this is a dystopia it's a it's a yes yeah yeah I, i'm not saying that it should be like a racist Dystopia. I just think that it it decreases the quality of the film. 
going back to like the 1950s like society i think yeah. that it's interesting it this is one thing i like about the movie is that it's interesting the way that it portrays the the main characters or like the men who build this simulation you know, it it imagines that they want that they want to move back to the 1950s uh, when right. when women were dependent on them, which is explicitly the case for a lot of people today, it's uh, a lot of people do like say that they they wish we were back in the fifties when like the world was better. It's interesting from a feminist like historical perspective because it's not as though the nineteen fifties existed and then like randomly women started getting rights in the nineteen like sixties seventies and eighties and that's what like right, caused right. the world to change like the the women's rights movement like the second wave feminist movement existed as a product of the dissatisfaction of people living in the 1950s culture right and they imagine yeah. that you can just go back in time and set the world to like remain that way forever not understanding that the reason why the world isn't that way anymore is because women were unsatisfied with how it was structured right yeah i think that that is like a really good insight into the movie and the way the like flawed logic of the people of the people in it yeah i liked that about it what was your audience like we talked a little bit about it but what points did they laugh at (laughs) there's a lot of laughing (laughs) the uh the our life scene our life together Together. (laughs) it's like his one moment to like show that he's a good actor and yet he yeah he he fumbles he fumbles his bag uh, hard i can't remember any of the specific scenes the scene with like him doing the tap dancing on the stage and just sort of like yeah. flipping over and like he was supposed to look foolish right he must have been i hope no, he was no i no i don't think so what? also like why would he ha- why why would that be like a ceremonial thing like okay like you get you you get promoted you here's the ceremonial tap dance like that doesn't make any sense i think i think harry styles just like wanted to dance or like maybe maybe it's like olivia wilde's like okay maybe he can't act but you know what he's good at performing so let's make him perform yeah but then then it has to be like it has to fit in with the time so they're like okay do a tap dance but it's like harry styles can't freaking tap dance he's just like doing flips and he looks he looks weird and it just doesn't make any sense like what does that even mean yeah in um in the final scene where uh florence Pugh is running up the mountain and getting chased by those men in in the red and she like stops sometimes like me and the girls behind me like we were all just like go 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 like yeah like, we were all she yelling. falls at a certain point she like stops she like stops point, and she's back. like looking back and she looks back and she and, and everyone's like I was like the fuck like go like go like what are you doing and I don't it doesn't even make sense like in that in that moment she would just continue running like it doesn't make sense for her to like stop and look over it doesn't there's no there's no motivation for that and just and even at the end when she's like almost gonna step through she still like pauses yeah why would you pause it doesn't make any sense because it the film relies on her connections to being there but i think it's very clear that she doesn't have that anymore because she once it killed harry makes that realization well yeah once she makes that realization like that's it you know like do you think it would have been stronger if he didn't die if he was like knocked out for a second but he was also following her asking her to stay there yeah for sure. I, I think so. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, she, she has a flashback right as she's about to go in. And he's like, I'll love you. And then she's like, always. Yeah. But he's already dead at that point. So she there's nothing for her to, like, go right. back to at that point. I don't know. It really weakens that. It's like this film didn't know what it wanted to be. Like, was it dystopian? Was it horror? Was it thriller? Was it... I, I don't... It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Like, those nightmarish, like, like eraser head type visions it's like that doesn't make any sense like why would she be envisioning that and it it would make more sense if it was a memory of hers right not like i don't know but it's not yeah the ideas are there i think if it were filmed differently it would it would be stronger whatever olivia wilde saw in the script i don't think comes through yeah yeah like i'm thinking about like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind type film style Mm. like we are 
over the course of the film, we are clued into what has actually happened and we get these flashbacks, but they're, they're like from a very narrow perspective. And I think over the course of the film, we kind of understand it fully. I don't know. I just think it just needed to be more fleshed out and stronger. And the reveal, the reveal just like, it makes the movie worse, I think, than if they were. It feels really weird. It's cheap. Yeah. I gave it a three out of five. Okay, I also gave it a three out of five. <laughs> yeah, I thought that yeah. that would be kind of high based on the discussion we just had. Well, but there are you know, good like, parts of it. There are good there's aspects. There's good parts. Florence Pugh and Chris Pine were really good, and I I think some of the ideas were pretty cool. But there was a lot about it that I just and like I had fun watching it. You know, it's like part of theater experience. It's just fun. Yeah, it's a good talk through it kind of rag on it movie. It's fun in that respect. It, it's it's a laughable movie which positions itself as a horror movie and takes itself quite seriously in a way that the audience shouldn't. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend that other people go see it? If you're curious about it, maybe I, I would recommend it. It's it's not... If you had to choose between this and something else in theaters right now, I, I would choose something else. But, you know, if you're curious about all the hype about it, sure, why not? And then... Tell us what you think if you're listening to this, because I'd love to hear other perspectives on it. If someone really but, loves yeah. this, I would actually really like to hear... I think a movie can be redeemed by talking to someone who actually really enjoys it. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was Don't Worry, Darling. Shall we move on to our uh, recommendations? Yeah, yeah. If you've been listening so far and you aren't a Dilly associate uh, and you're, you have an interest in movies, which I hope that you do since you're listening to this... All it means is you get to nominate and vote on films each year. And we are currently in our nomination stage. So super easy to apply. It takes two seconds. It's completely free. Go to apply.dillweedsociety.com. And if you want to just learn about us, uh, you can visit our website at dillweedsociety.com. And yeah, enjoy the rest of the episode. I am going to do a, not a recommendation because I haven't seen a new movie since the last one. But a anticipation recommendation. I, well, it's just a movie that I don't think a lot of people have heard about and that I'm kind of excited about. And I'm seeing it tonight. What is it? It is the movie Bros. <gasps> oh, yeah. I've heard great things about it, you know. I know. I, I really want to roll the dice on it. It seems like a really fun rom-com uh, w- that's like witty in a way that uh, we've talked about some movies this year being... Um, yeah. you know, living very in the present, which I think is kind of cool. I'm excited to see it, and if it's not on your radar, uh, I would look it up. It seems really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend... It's called Funny Pages. It's a new film put out by A24. Um, it's about, like, a teenage cartoonist who kind of, like, is trying to find his way in the world. It, um, it, it has all the A24 aspects, so read that... Take that with from. What, <laughs> do with that what you will. It's it's very crude, so I'm gonna say, like if you have a hard time with crude things, maybe don't watch it. But I think it's a really good narrative. If you like the Safdie brothers films, if you like any of their films, it's very much in line with the way that their filming style is. Um, you know, very mellow. It's based on people and conversations that people have rather than like any greater thing but i think it's an interesting method of filmmaking that i respect even if i don't love where can you watch that i watched it i watched it on if you want to email me i have a link allegedly is it in theaters i think it's in select uh, select theaters but i don't really know it's not really showing anywhere bros is only in theaters right now and it's it's in most theaters. It's in the. It's at the Regal Majestic and AMC near us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Are you watching the Kardashians? Did you I watch it? I was gonna it watch last it night? with my roommates last night. I have <gasps> not seen it yet because oh I got God. home at like eleven p.m. Wow. But I it's do. Really I do good. really want to watch it. Yeah, I'm excited. The first season of the Kardashians show. Did that come out this year? I can't remember. I can't remember I yet. Know, I know that it ended this year because I remember watching the last episode. First episode date, April 14th, 2022. <gasps> First season of a TV show. Okay, that's oh the God. thing. I, we don't know what the, uh, what the... By the time this comes out, we'll, uh, the impermanent category will be announced. But let me just look right now what the leading choice is. 
because we're gonna pick two but it's been going mm-hmm. back and forth for a minute so i'm actually gonna vote right now you haven't voted yet no i was waiting until the end of the week to vote why i don't know i just because i procrastinate okay this is kind of crazy this is not what it was like a few days ago it's it's like neck and neck between four four different ones do you think that don't worry darling should win the women supporting women category drive (laughs) (laughs) yo she ran most of that in ballet flats that's fucking crazy to me like it panned Mm. down to her feet and she was wearing ballet flats i was like there's no way there's no way that's like Mm -hmm. harder than barefoot why didn't she take her shoes off i don't know i don't know that was my question okay here's the deal here's the deal so we have two tied with four top votes, and we have mm-hmm. two tied for three top votes. Well, it might change, but I'll cut it out of this podcast if, if it does. But I think what our categories are going to be is best film poster and best first season of a TV series, which I am so excited about. I'm so excited about that. Um, Me too. I think it opens up a lot of different categories, uh, or a lot of different films that would not get nominated otherwise. Um that's great that's great thank you to everyone who voted that's so exciting um we have a lot of new members too yeah a lot of new members uh you can still join if you want but nominations will begin when this when this podcast are out so you have from from now until the last uh the last sunday in january which is january 29th 2023 to submit your general nominations which is any films in the categories that you think um deserve a to be nominated and then after that of course i will be uh working with a few of the associates uh last year we had a great team so hopefully this year we will um come together to create that list for you all i'm so excited you know the nomination season and like there's so many good movies coming out and uh a lot of bad ones too but you know blonde got released on netflix and it's a real shit show. I do not recommend anyone see it. Please, mm-hmm. if you, like, it's Don't really, it. really bad. It's, it goes against everything that Marilyn believed in, and it disrespects her a lot. And so it's just really horrible. Um, but yeah, a lot we of watch... a lot of people oh. are fumbling the bag. You know. I really hope that Amsterdam doesn't do that. Okay, people are talking about the director, who, I think has been very known to be very abusive on set does he make good movies though does he make good movies you know let's see (laughs) it is it is like a star cast like there's so many taylor swift is in that movie i know like it's it's there's i'm like wary because star casts sometimes people rely too much on those and chris rock is coming back to the the feature film stage good for him great for him yeah so we'll see you guys next monday thanks so much for listening don't worry darling i'm a little bit worried